Man, that has been fun so far. Man, that little snowstorm in China thing caught me by surprise on the front row. I knew what was coming, but I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for all that snow and the blizzard and all that. So look, if it looks like I got dandruff, I don't. I just probably still got some snowflakes on me somewhere. Hey, welcome to Eastgate Church, guys. Merry Christmas. Everybody watching online, thank you for tuning in. Merry Christmas to you guys. I know we're not quite to Christmas yet, but we're in the Christmas season, right? So it counts. It counts. Hey, if you're watching online, if you would, please uh, give us a like, give us a share, help us spread that word. In case you haven't yet, maybe you're just tuning in. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Guys, I am ready for Christmas. I'm ready for Christmas. I mean, think for a second. Like, what is your favorite part of Christmas? You know, what, like, what is your favorite part of Christmas? Like, like you could say family, probably I heard somebody say that. How about presents? Presents, kids, is that a good part of Christmas? Yeah, presents are awesome. <clears throat> family, that could go good or that could go bad, depending on how your family is. You know, we, yeah, so that could be, that could be good or it could be bad. I like all of it. Like I didn't used to be a big Christmas guy, and then I had kids. And that changed everything, you know, because when you start to see life through the eyes of your children, it changes your perspective as an adult. It really does. But one of the things I really love about Christmas is the music. I love Christmas music. How about you guys? Yeah, you guys have a favorite Christmas song? Yeah, on the count of three, let's do this. Everybody shout out your favorite Christmas song. Here we go. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's mine, too. <laughs> That's mine, too. Hey, I brought some of my favorite Christmas songs, though, just to play this morning for you guys to help us get into that Christmas spirit a little bit. So, media team, if you will, help me out. Let's play the first Christmas song this morning, and if you know the words, sing along with it. See, some of y'all are already moving. Move with me. Come on, let's have some fun. Yeah. Just like the ones I used to know. Y'all sound beautiful. Where those streets are, listen and children listen to hear sleigh bells and snow. snow. <laughs> oh my goodness, Pastor Josh, why weren't you singing? Because I'm doing you a favor. That's why I did not sing. Some of y'all, some of y'all, we, we just, yeah, some of are like, thank you for not singing, Josh. It's for real. Hey, thanks some of you guys for not singing along, too. But sometimes, though, you got to have a different kind of vibe for Christmas. All the jolly and all that stuff is great. But sometimes, Mama and Daddy have got to have a Christmas song, too. You know what I'm talking about? This is for all the married people out there. Can we drop the lights just a little bit? In my mind, there it is. Oh, yeah. I like music I can feel. Hey, hold on now. Some of y'all married couples are getting a little too comfortable right now. Hold up. Hand check, everybody put your hands up. Hand check in church. Okay. Make sure. We're going to have some fun, but not too much fun in church. 
talking about some of the most popular Christmas songs of all time, a little more modern. You can't talk about Christmas without talking about Mariah. I Come on now. Want a lot for Christmas. See, y'all know that when I hear the lady singing. Love is just one thing I need. I don't Come on. care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. songs that are famous only in the south you know what i'm talking about this is a christmas classic for every redneck hillbilly for every sophisticated southern belle for every southern gentleman out there can we do this one last song please guys oh. grandma got run over by a Hey, if you're a grandma in the house today, we do not want to offend you. You're important to us. And if you have a complaint because of that song, please send it to Pastor Jeremy at EastgateChurch.cc. And Pastor Jeremy will, uh, will help you out with that. <laughs> It'll be great. But it's not just about the, the music. Music's great for Christmas, but I love Christmas movies. You guys love Christmas movies? And I'm not talking about Hallmark movies. I'm not talking about Hallmark movies. I'm just, look, here's the deal with Hallmark movies. Like, if you've seen one Hallmark movie, you've seen every single Hallmark movie that's ever been made. Am I telling the truth, guys? Man, my wife's like, she's just giving up on me. She doesn't even ask me to watch Hallmark movies with her anymore because she knows about two minutes into it, I'm going to start making fun of the plot because they're all the same. It's just like plug and play different people. But there are some movies that are just classics like these right here. How about White Christmas? How about It's a Wonderful Life? Those are great, great classic movies. Um, some movies just a little bit more modern that are still great classic movies. How about this one, uh, A Christmas Story? I love how they play A Christmas Story, like 24 hours on, a, on TBS right before Christmas. It's great. So I can go to sleep and it's on. I can wake back up and it's on. How many of you guys have almost shot your eye out with a BB gun? I asked this question earlier, and I think this is a better question. Probably a real good question for Eastgate Church. How many of y'all have almost shot somebody else's eye out with a BB gun? You know, <laughs> exactly. That's how it goes. Um, here's another real popular mu uh, movie for Christmas. Christmas Vacation. My goodness, man. Famous lines. 
Man, Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over, I'll show you. That's what he says. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite movies coming up here. Man, Elf, come on now. Elf is awesome. I love Elf. Here's a big question, though, all right? And we need to settle this today. You guys need to help me out. Okay, this is splitting our country right down the middle. And we need to help begin a wave of change in our country to settle this issue once and for all here at Eastgate. Can we do this today? All right. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? All right, we're going to take a vote here, okay? If you don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, let me hear you just say no. Okay, you have the right to be wrong, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> You're in church. This is a great place. We're all praying for you. Hey, let's ask the other question, and let's settle it. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? If you think so, say yes. yes. Uh, the yeses have it, and not just because I think so, too. Like I said, over the nose, you have the right to your own opinion, and you can be wrong if you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I love Christmas, though, because there's so much that's involved with it. You know, Christmas lights, the movies, the music, hanging out with family, watching the little kids' eyes just light up. And I think I'm a little more excited about Christmas this year because, man, this year up until now just has not been the best year ever, has it? No. Nah. In fact, I think you could just say that this year, if you take just a couple of highlights out of it, it's pretty much just stunk. Hadn't been a fun year. It's been a real high-maintenance kind of year. You know, we, this year, we got introduced to something called COVID-19. And it rocked the world, and it rocked our country, and it became an incredible inconvenience to everybody. Probably there's people in here that have been financially impacted by COVID-19. Probably there's some parents in here, your schedules had just been turned upside down because you're trying to figure out how to do virtual learning with your children. Maybe you've lost jobs, maybe you've lost a business, maybe you had to close down your business. We had to close down this church you know, for a period of time. It's just been incredibly inconvenient dealing with this and we're still not out of the woods with this thing yet, you know? Hopefully soon, though, right? Hopefully soon. Please let it be soon. But it's made a major impact in our year. And I don't know why, but I don't know, like with people, we can't just have a global pandemic. We can't just have a fire. We've got to pour gasoline all over that fire and just make this year as complicated as it can possibly be. Not just COVID-19, but we saw a lot of racial division in our country this year, too. You guys remember the protests? Some of the protests are still going on right now, and we saw a lot of those protests turn into riots. Remember watching that on the news? Remember wondering if it was safe to go into the city or not, to bring your kids to the city or not, because of all this craziness that was going on? And it's not enough with COVID-19 and the racial divisions and that issue coming back up and the riots that we've had to watch take place in our country but this year just happened to be an election year, and we had to deal with the division of the political process in our country. Just crazy. I'm so sick of politics, I can't even begin to tell you. I'm so sick and tired of it. 
So sick and tired of it. I'm sick of the ads. I'm sick of the commercials. I, you can't even turn your radio on without getting hit by an ad now because in Georgia, we're in the middle of a runoff election and they kicked it into overdrive. Like I can't even pick up my phone without sometimes getting text messages from these jokers. Don't forget to vote for so-and-so. <laughs> block, 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 block. You know, uh, commercials. I just, I think, I think next year, the people should get together and pass an amendment to the Constitution that says if a person is running for office, they can only run one political ad. And that one political ad can only run once a week so that we don't get burnt out seeing it. What do you think? That way they can't do smear ads 24-7 on their opponents. They'll actually have to run on their track record and not throw mud at everybody else. I'm so sick of mud slinging. Just crazy. It's not even real good mud wrestling. It's just mud slinging. Yeah. Political division. I'm so tired of it. I'm, I'm ready to shift into Christmas mode. I'm ready probably like you guys to see peace in my life, peace in this country. I just want a season of peace. And Christmas is a great time to shift gears and, and head that way. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about Christmas because it gives a little bit of break. But there's a problem, though, because you, we can't have peace in our life until there's peace in our heart. You can't have peace in your life until there's peace in your heart. And Jesus kind of broke this down and, and dealt with it when he was talking to a group of people one day in the book of John, um, chapter 16. He, he broke this down. The scripture's going to be up on the screen for you. And he said this. He said, uh, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Where do we find peace? It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. Now, see, everything just got really quiet. We were having fun until I said Jesus. Now everything's getting all somber, all serious. Everybody take a deep breath. There we go. It's going to be okay. But this is the truth. If we want peace in our life, the only way to get it is through Jesus. And Jesus even said that when he was talking to these people. He said, if you want peace, I'm the way. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Praise God that he overcame the world, right? Praise God for that. But he drew a line in the sand and he said this, look, the world is going to give you trouble. The world is going to give you chaos. The world is going to give you headache. The world is going to give you global pandemics with racial division on top of political craziness. And your mother-in-law may or may not be coming over for Christmas this year. Like all the stuff that you may or may not be having to deal with. Um, that The world gets you caught up in that vortex. And Jesus said, listen, if you want peace, it comes through me. Because peace is not an absence of conflict or trouble in our lives. Can't get away from that because the world is full of trouble, full of chaos. And, and sometimes bad stuff happens to good people because we live in a world that's fallen into sin and full of trouble. Peace isn't an absence of conflict. Peace is a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus because it comes from the inside out. And it's not affected by what's going on around us. It's something that we carry like a constant flame inside of us. You know? And I think for me that's one of the things I'm celebrating most about Christmas is because when God sent his son Jesus to this earth to die for our sins, he brought peace between us and God. 
He brought peace with him that we could have in our hearts so that we didn't have to get caught up in all the craziness and trouble of the world. Jesus brought peace. You remember all this stuff? Most of us know the story of Christmas, not like Santa Claus bringing presents, but the real story of Christmas where Jesus came to this world, was born in a manger, a little infant, for the sole purpose of your salvation and my salvation so that he could give his life as a ransom for us and pay that penalty for our sins. You remember all that? Remember all that? Maybe it's good to just hit the brakes and reflect for a second and just remember what Christmas is all about. I mean, just remember the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, it it talks about how um, all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God, every one of us. That means everybody in this room. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, hey, that means you too. We've all sinned. Somewhere in our past, we've all made a mistake, and we all continue to fall short of God's glory. That means we're hopeless by ourselves. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth to help a hopeless creation. That's you and that's me. He gave his life for us. You know, it's just amazing when you think about it. We've all missed that mark, but it didn't matter to him. He came and he died for us anyway. And in Romans uh, 6, this is amazing to me. Um, It talks about how the wages of that sin that we all committed was death. It's death. The wages of sin is death. There's a price that comes along with it. Now, look, I remember my life before Jesus, and and I can tell you, look, I remember that sin is fun. Sin is fun. Look, if sin isn't fun, it's because you're not doing it right. Okay? Tell you from experience. Sin is fun, but it's only fun for a season. And sooner or later, that bill is going to come due. The wages of that sin is death, whether that means that it's death to our relationships or death to our marriage or that is death to our hopes and our dreams in life or physical death or really what it gets down to is a spiritual death that takes place because we become separated from God because of our sin. That payment that's due is some kind of death. Jesus came to make that payment for us. I love that. I love that this verse doesn't just end with for the wages of sin is death. Like I like that that comma is there and not a period. I like that the statement isn't over because God wasn't done with what he was saying. I like that that comma is there and I like that word but. I like that but. I got to tell you, I like that but. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I love that but. I love that but. I, I just think about how I deserve to die and go to hell, but God loved me enough to send his son to die for my sins. Man, you ever had... You know what, just, just for a second, I, I'm, just, I'm grateful for that but. I, like, there's, there's good buts and there's bad buts. You know what I mean? Like, if, 
Yes, what would y'all do at church today? Well, pastor talked about butts for about 10 minutes, and then we figured out we went and slid down a slide and had fun. I don't know. But there's good butts and there's bad butts. Like, if, if your boss calls you into his office at work and he says, hey, you're doing a good job, but there's nothing good that comes after that kind of butt. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're at home with your spouse and they look you in the eyes and they say, hey, I love you, but that's a bad butt. How many of y'all have experienced a bad butt in your life? Yeah, I hate bad butts, and I cannot lie. I hate them. But I love good butts. And in this verse, that is a good-looking butt. You know what I mean? Look at the person next to you and go, hey, that butt looks good. I'm telling you, that is a good-looking butt. The good-looking butt right there. How many of you can say in your lives that you're grateful for that butt that God put in there. You know what I mean? Know what I mean? Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I think God has come through for me and how many times God has worked things out in my favor and I'm so grateful for those butts that he put in there. And some of you guys probably too. Because, I mean, think about it. You could have walked here to church today, but God bless you with a car. You know what I mean? You look back on your life and you say, you know what? I should be in hell right now, paying the price for my sin, but Jesus died for me when he didn't have to. Some of you have gone through financial hardship this year, but God has provided everything that you needed. It might not have been everything that you wanted, but he gave you everything that you needed. You know, I thought I, thought I was going to fall apart when my husband or my wife left me, but God saw me through the storm. I thought I was going to lose everything and I didn't know how to pay my bills, but God provided for me again. I got a bad report from the doctor, but I know that my God is my healer, and I'm going to stand on that word. you understand what I'm saying? My marriage was falling apart, but God restored it. My heart was destroyed because of what I went through in life and being betrayed by people, but God healed me and picked me back up, and he gave me hope. He gave me passion. He put a dream back in my heart. I didn't think my kids were ever going to get back in church again, but God impacted them and change their lives. Can we give God praise just for a little bit for the but in our lives? But God, but God, but God. Oh, he's better than that. Is there anybody that has walked through some stuff in life and you'll stand up and you'll give God five seconds of crazy praise in this place because he is a faithful God that has come through. Let's give God some real praise in this place for the butts in our life. He's a God that moves mountains. He's a God that opens doors. He's a God that restores. He is a God that is always faithful, always true. He never forsakes. He never lets us down. And I praise God for that. Praise God for that. Man, that's worth celebrating. That is worth celebrating. And then when we get into this Christmas season, I can't stop but think, you know, but think about all of the amazing things through all the chaos and all the craziness that I've seen God do to be faithful to his word, to me and to my family and to you guys. And Well, I think that's amazing just that Jesus came to die for us and pay the price for that sin.
that was in our lives. It, it becomes more special to me when I stop to think about the fact that he didn't put any real qualifications on it other than just, hey, let's just repent. Ask me to forgive you of that sin. And then let me come right into that heart and start changing things. He didn't say pretty yourself up. He didn't say go get a degree in theology and then come talk to me when you can understand what I'm talking to you about. Now, see, Romans 5, 8, it reads like this. I love this. It says this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And when's the last time you stopped and thought about that? When we were at our worst, he died for us. Now, a lot of people think that, that God will get a hold of you and he'll take a bad person and he'll turn you into a good person. God doesn't do bad to good. God does death to life. He gets a hold of us, and when we're dead spiritually because of that sin in our lives, he breathes that breath of life in us, and he makes us what the Bible calls a new creation in Christ Jesus. He doesn't do good to bad. He does dead to life through transformation. I love that. When you, just think about the worst thing you have ever done in your life. Don't worry, we'll take a minute. Some of us, we may have to sort through a top five. All right, just take a second. Jesus died for you when you were doing that. Because he loved you. No qualification. He loved you. And I think sometimes that's where we mess things up in church. Because sometimes in church, we're really good at rewarding behavior modification and we steer away from the life transformation part. Our religious people and religious kind of churches, you know, that, that focus on the deeds and not on the relationship that we have with God. Like, they're really good at training people to do the right thing or say the right thing at the right time and all that stuff, but they're not really good at giving space for Jesus just to work in somebody's life. And I think if we're not careful sometimes in church, and some of you guys have probably seen this in church. you ever seen somebody that looked down on somebody else because their sin was different from the sin that they had going on in their life? Well, oh, it's way too quiet in here right now. There should have been some more amens than that. You know why? Because as a pastor, I have seen that all over the God-blessed place, you know? Well, you know, my sin's different because I'm closer to God. No, your sin's still sin, Jack. You're like... No variances in there. You know, it's just crazy. We look down on people because they sin different. But like it's only in church where you can hear a phrase like this, where somebody can say, I'm so glad I'm not gay. And then that same person turn around and gossip and slander about half the church. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. It's only in churches sometimes where we can hear people say, well, I'm so glad I'm not a liberal Democrat. I'm so glad I'm not an imperialist Republican conservative. And we focus on that stuff and think we're better than somebody else because they're different from us. And we don't pay attention to the wake of division and destruction that's following behind us because of how we talk to and treat other people because of how they may or may not lean politically. We've got to give room for people to grow 
and their worldview and give people to grow, room to grow in their relationship with God. I'm sick and tired of seeing people having their relationship and their excitement and their zeal for God just choked out of them because somebody's trying to make them jump through hoops. God doesn't make us jump through hoops. He accepts us and he loves us just like we are. But the beauty about that is that he looks at us and in, 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 in all that sin that we're in and all that dirty that we're in and he says, I love you where you are. It's okay to not be okay. But I refuse to leave you this way. So he takes us as we are where we are and he changes us from the inside out. From the inside out. See, that's how that works. I just... Like the beauty of God's love is that we can never disappoint him. Sometimes I have trouble getting that past my brain. We can't disappoint him. Have you ever blown it in your life and made a mistake and felt like you were just too dirty to even pray and talk to God? Like you felt like you had to get some stuff together before you... you know, man, I have. You ever went through a period in your life where you, you, you kind of wanted to make some changes and start going to church or maybe even give your heart or your life over to God, but you felt like, man, my life is just too jacked up. I got to get some stuff straight before I come to God. And that's so backwards because if we could get our stuff straight, Jesus never would have had to die on the cross for all of our sins. He did what we couldn't do on our own. And there's so much pressure that comes off of me when I think about how there's nothing that I could ever do that would disappoint God. Just think about this. If, if you're going to disappoint me, that means that you've got to do something that I didn't expect you to do. That means that you, you've got to do something in a negative way that didn't fit with the character that I've seen you display so far where disappointment comes from. I expect you to do this, but you did this. You disappointed me. You can't disappoint God. He's an all-knowing God. The Bible says that He died for you while you were at your worst, while you were still that sinner. He accepted you at your worst. He knows what you're capable of. Listen, he even died for Georgia Bulldog fans. He even died, dare I say this word in church, for the Crimson Tide fan. He died. He died for all of that. He's not disappointed because he knows who you are. And he loves you enough at your worst to give up the splendor of heaven, come down to this earth, give his life to pay the price for your sin. There's nothing you can do that will disappoint him. Father, the Bible talks about how we can go to the throne of grace with boldness to get forgiveness. Because God's not waiting to destroy us. He's waiting to welcome us with open arms. Because he loves us. I was thinking about this. I, I remember when little girl she wasn't very old I was watching her she was still sleeping in a crib and uh, I heard this noise and I went to check on her because she had been sick 
for the last couple of days. Went to check on her, make sure she was okay. And when I opened the door to her room, looked at the crib, I almost got knocked over by the smell that hit me in the face. Parents, you ever had that moment? You know there's nothing good waiting for you in a room like that. And I looked at my little girl. She was sick. She had thrown up in her crib. And she had pooped a lot. It had come up out of her diaper. And what's crazy is she, she tried to clean herself up. And in the process of doing that, the diaper had smeared over everything. So there's poop all over the bed, poop all over the sheets, poop all over the little prison bars on the crib that we hope keep our kids safe, you know, poop on the wall behind the crib. There was poop all over her. Every parent has had this moment of decision. Pick them up or not. I remember walking over to her. My plan was to just grab her and just quickly walk over to the bathtub and drop her in there and hope for the best. So I walked over there to grab her, pick her up, and she reached out for me immediately. She goes, I hold you. That's what Abby used to say. It wasn't, will you hold me? It was, I, I hold you. I said, I hold you? I said, yeah, baby, daddy's got you. So I picked her up. And I, arm's length, safe distance. That was my plan. She wanted to be held, held. So she leaned in a little bit to me. And I had a, another choice. I'm like, dude, I could emotionally scar this kid for life <laughs> and reject her. Or I can bring her on in and just suck it up, you know, and so I brought her on in, and I held her. It'll be okay, baby. Daddy's got you. We're going to get you cleaned up. I remember walking her over to the bathroom, and I mean, just like a bolt of lightning, God spoke to me, and he said, this is how I love you. Because I saw you in your mess, and you were trying to clean it up on your own, and you couldn't do it. So I went to you when you couldn't come to me. And I picked you up and I brought you to myself. I'm so glad that we never find ourselves in a place where we're too dirty for God to just grab us and make it all better. I'm so glad that we serve a God that is not afraid to reach his hands out and get them dirty to rescue one of us. And I remember how that, that changed everything. My view, God, like I always saw God as like He's God, and I know He loves me, but He's God that loves me, and He's got a little paddle right there, and He's kind of waiting for me. That's not that's not it. He loves us. God is not intimidated by the junk in your life. When Jesus died, He died for you exactly where you are right now. And I want to give you an, an opportunity before we get out of here today to accept the love of Jesus. Now, usually when pastors go into these little altar times like we're fixing to get into, people bolt for the bathrooms. Don't bolt for the bathrooms. All right, we're on to your game right now. You'll be all right. If you would, everyone in this place, 
Bag your head and close your eyes.